Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And today, Lisa, I think our topic is manners in this episode and, and social skills, obviously. But I do like the idea of, of thinking just about manners in general. So why don't you kick it off with some thoughts and then you're going to love to hear, I can't wait to tell a story because I know how much you love that. Oh God, I can't wait. I can't wait. You always have good stories. So listeners, be, be ready. Be ready for a laugh. Well, um, so uh, yeah, so I thought about this when I was like, all right, so this is really not about manners and social, social cues. It's really just about being nice to people and making some friends. So I think sometimes we get caught up in fancy titles. And I think the first thing that, that I, I really recommend anybody do is if you're not sure, when in doubt, smile, <laughs> you know? And I think sometimes our, our kiddos with disabilities are nervous or scared or really maybe don't have the social emotional radar, when in doubt, smile. I, I think you can never go wrong with a smile. Um, so that's the first social cue. But I think if somebody is yelling at you and frowning, smiling may not be the right, right emotion. And so I think there's a little bit of discussion that needs to happen about making sure that we understand the intent of a message and making sure we respond to it appropriately. Um, and I think socially, we just assume people have social skills. Uh, you and I have met many a folk that we were never worried about their intelligence. We were more worried about their ability to make friends and get along with people. And I think we often underestimate that skill for everybody. But I think for kids with disabilities, if they don't have it, we think it's about more exposure instead of direct teaching. And I do think some kids we have to directly say, no, you will you know, stand here and not interrupt. You will smile when you say hello to somebody. You will. Some of those coaching skills that we do for academics or like job coaching, I think we need to do for social skills. So that's kind of my first thought. It's an interesting topic. Well, I think uh, I, I agree, of course, there's nothing controversial in what you said. And uh, I do think that, that being able to operationalize a few of those basics, you know, I, I uh, very early in my career taught students with significant emotional behavioral issues. And I had one young man who uh, actually was a young man with Tourette's and had a very high anxiety and was not very aware of personal space, just as an example. So it was shocking to me that someone who was in sixth grade had never been taught how far away is appropriate to stand from someone in our culture. So this young man would come up and, and stand almost, you know, literally face to face with you and then talk and simultaneously, um, you know, spit on the person he was talking to, literally. So uh, that caused all kinds of chaos because no one actually enjoyed that. Um, and so after about a week of, of watching this and listening to everyone yelling at this young man, I was like, well, for heaven Pete's sake, obviously no one has told him, <laughs> like just telling him over and over, you know, screaming at him is not helpful whether it was the kids or even the adults. So I did tell him, you know, listen, um, John, in our culture, the appropriate distance, and this was of course before COVID, before the six feet, I said, usually people who are having a conversation stand at least arm's length apart. So at least it was something specific that he could in his mind imagine. Now, um, 
unfortunately, Mark was about my height. And so for the next week, he would walk straight up to me with his arm extended to talk to me and touch me in the most inappropriate place. And I then had to teach him that you actually stop before you get to the person. Back but it was a start. Podcast, right? <laughs> Exactly. So it did. We did at least get to where he better understood exactly where to stand. And I would say, in this day and age, just thinking about all of it, as the stores are putting the six feet apart, uh, you know, tape on the floor. If you're trying to teach kids, especially kids uh, maybe with autism or kids who are lower functioning and can't really fully understand it, I would I would literally tape things off to get started in talking about different appropriate um, spaces between people, conversations, et cetera, but as specific as possible for all of those skills. Yeah, and I, I think the other one I, I go back to is turn-taking. I, I think many times uh, people with disabilities um, either don't want to take their turn, which is equally frustrating. I'd like to be your friend, but you just look at me and go, uh, no, yeah, um, or, you never let me have a chance to take a turn. And so that turn-taking one is, I think, important. And we must have had the same student because I had a student I taught to put his hands up too, but it's even funnier. Um, he never stopped. Still today, when he meets someone, <laughs> he his hands up. So I failed miserably as a teacher and I apologize for that strategy. <laughs> so, but I do think that it's one, you know, practicing at home. Um, you know, right now people are eating dinner together more than they ever have before. But even if not, you're at a fast food restaurant, you're even eating in the car on the way to the last crazy place you got to go to saying, stop talking and count to five and give me a chance to respond before you continue your story. Or that's an interesting story. So I think we often get so excited when kids with disabilities start talking that we just give them free reign or we don't demand they talk and we find their siblings fill in for them. So I think that manners, social skills, social cues is understanding that it's you and me having a conversation. It's not me listening to you or you're listening to me. We actually do turn taking. And that's something we do really well. Um, we find you and I, when we do these podcasts, we actually do it through Zoom. We do a lot of hand gestures to each other. Like it's to you, it's to you. And so I do think teaching both verbal messages to pause and also using hand gestures to give your child that cue, it is now your turn to talk. That's a great, that's a great point. And building it out a little more broadly to that idea of manners in general, uh, also early in my career after I left the world of self-contained um, SED, I did go into an inclusive setting, but I was asked uh, to, I was asked to lead a, a remedial reading class that was not just kids with disabilities, it was just middle school kids at our school. And I brought in our university students because I also was working at the university and we, we would do tutoring like a lot of people do. So after a semester of my university students doing this tutoring for these kids who were struggling readers, I went to the principal and said, you know what I'd really love to do is to host a little luncheon where we invite these tutors to come and we set a nice table for them and make it feel somewhat formal as a way of thanking them for their time. And the principal said, no, we, we, we can't do that. Those kids don't know how to behave. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, they don't know how to behave in a setting like that. It's just gonna embarrass us. And I'm not, I don't wanna, I'm not willing to look like that if you have all those kids in there together. And I said, you know, 
these kids are middle schoolers. If they don't know how to sit down and have a conversation with adults at a table in a more formal setting, then instead of not allowing them to do it, perhaps I should just teach them in advance what it means to sit down and have a conversation with adults at a table. And so I literally had to convince him, every assistant, everyone, to allow me to even do this. And it was so interesting. But of course, anyone who's done this, and Lisa, I'm sure you've done similar things. When I sat down with the kids and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Here's how it's going to look. This is going to be fancier than usual. Um, here are a couple of cue cards of questions that you might ask someone that you don't know well um, to show interest in them. Um, we worked on not only conversation, we worked on how do you set the table? You know, what is, what is a nicely set table look like? I, I researched it because I didn't know either. But when the day came to actually have our luncheon, you know, they didn't learn it in a social skills class. They learned it because we were going to put on this luncheon and it ended up going so well because the principal came and was the guest speaker and he was so stunned at how well behaved these kids were. And I think it was a lesson to him that we presume kids know certain behaviors and if they have not been told or taught those things, and I, don't, I think that's where we go wrong often, you know, as parents, I, there's things I can't teach my kids. I'm not an organizer. I can't teach my kids that. You can sit um, in my house anytime. I have, to, I have to have Lisa come over and help my kids learn to organize things. However, I can teach them manners and then they go to school and they have manners. But if other kids never learned that, we shouldn't presume that they know it coming in. No yeah. matter if they're in elementary or middle or high school or beyond. Yeah, and you were great to teach us how to laugh when things got bad with us. So, you know, there's, there is that strength. But I, I think you said it so beautifully, too, is having the opportunity. And I'm really big in, you know, we, we ask kids to watch the best athlete if they're, you know, a swimmer or a golfer. Or we ask them to, you know, look at who, you know, the, the SAT prep book if we want them to go to college. But what we forget is have them look at somebody that's got really good social skills. You know, who is it that in the classroom, uh, you know, backfired for me in kindergarten because Josh was really struggling, <laughs> got a note home every day. I think he'd bring home his journal and say, okay, mommy, I'll go to my room now. <laughs> it was like, I didn't even have to read it. <laughs> he was in trouble so much. But we finally talked about who was the best person in the class. And he's like, Oh, Maddie, Maddie, she's like the perfect little girl. And I'm like, well, try to be like Maddie. Well, I got a note the next day that he hit his best friend. And I'm like, why? He said, well, I tried to sit by Maddie because you told me to be like her and he got in my way. So I pushed him out. I was like, All right, <laughs> but, but I like the fact that early on in kindergarten, Josh said, Oh, I know what it looks like. And if your kid can't even tell you who in the class they should look like, then maybe you need to have a further conversation with the teacher. Can they see somebody? Can you model that? Can you tell them? And I think too many times we blame kids with disabilities when they don't know. You didn't get to your locker. You didn't say thank you. You didn't say please. Well, maybe I don't know to say please. Maybe I don't know to say thank you. And again, instead of getting upset, the best opportunity is to say, oh, thank you for thanking me. You know, all of a sudden there's this, and again, it's a hidden message, but you say, yes, I'm waiting for you to thank me. And, and that long pause. And I think as parents, we often get upset instead of being very direct about manners. We expect this. And do remember manners, manners are cultural. 
the manners at church A are different than church B. The manners at club A is different than club B. The manners at your house and my house are pretty laid back, but I bet some other houses that you've been to, there's a whole different level of manners. And so also social cues and manners are contextualized. That's why your kids have to have a lot of experience and that coaching can't just be, this is how you act at school. This is how you act in these five venues and, and really coaching across those venues, I think is important too. Absolutely. And you mentioned kindergarten. My, my one message for preschool and kindergarten teachers um, would be to really think about customizing those goals for kids. And I, I don't know if I've told this story on our podcast in the, in the past, but when my daughter entered kindergarten, after two weeks, she came home and said, Mom, can I, can I give Donnie um, some of my points? in class. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, we have a point system and he never gets to pull from the treasure box. And so I went into her teacher just to ask, and she had a fantastic teacher and said, tell me how the kids earn points in here. And she showed me the chart and you know, you sit in your seat and you talk nicely to others and you do all of these things. And um, you know, if they do it, they get a sunshine and that equals X number of points. And if, if, if they, do it sometimes and get a cloud and get some points. And if otherwise you get a thunder strike and you get no points. And um, so apparently Donnie never earned points and was constantly the thunder cloud. And I said, can you, can you show me um, what exactly how you define this? And when she showed me, it was, you know, I went back to that. Oh, talks nice to others, stays and stays. I said, you know, the problem is that you are rewarding my daughter for things that I taught her. My daughter talks nicely to other people because she learned that from me and I talk nicely to other people. She didn't learn it from you. Kindergarten just started. <laughs> so you are giving her points that she doesn't need for something she already knows. Again, give her points if she organizes her desk because her mother never taught her that. <laughs> but why not give Donnie, you know, some training in whatever it is because he obviously came to you not understanding fully what it means to talk nicely to others. And because this was a great responsive teacher, she totally heard that and she did change and she did customize her goals. But I think until sometimes somebody explicitly tells us that it's hard to remember, you know, wow, kids learn this before they get to us in school. So take a minute, let's make sure they have the skills before we send them on to the next grade. Yeah, and, and my last little tip here would be, you know what, read, rate my teacher, rate my professor, talk to neighbors find out those hidden um, social cues that your kids' teachers are going to give that your child may or may not read. Um, I still remember uh, Josh had a late night legal studies class that he had to pass for his, ma his major with a professor from seven to nine after he'd had an, a 7 a.m. class, a 11 to one class, and a workout from four to seven. And he ran and he goes, mom, I'm not going to make it because this guy, if I fall asleep, I'm done. He said, I won't be able to do better in a C anyway. I said, well, what's your strategy? And he literally, because he knew, he, the minute he met the guy, he's like, all I have to do is stay awake and he'll give me a C uh, because he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's going to lecture and I'm going to fall asleep. So he set his Apple watch again, kid of privilege. I get that. And every five minutes it would buzz to make sure he was awake, <laughs> but he knew the social cue to go to college was for this guy, you got to stay awake for the other 7am class. You had to be there five minutes earlier. You were late. Those are two very different social cues 
And I think it's the nuances of those. And we see that in college all the time that get students in trouble when they don't understand the nuance of the social message of the professor, of the teacher, it starts to be other things that start to get in the way. So remember, talk to, you know, past students, talk to your neighbors. And I don't really love rate my professor or rate my teacher, but it does give you some hints like tests are important or this person likes for you to stay for office hours and talk to them and develop a relationship. Teach that to your child at whatever stage they are in life to use that as, as my final tip. Absolutely. And be, be specific and explicit in what you want a child to be able to do. Don't, don't, don't wait for them to guess. If you wanted to say something a certain way, be sure you've told them to say it a certain way. And I think if we can start being specific and start chunking some of these skills instead of expecting everyone to have them all at once, if we can chunk them and teach them incrementally, I think um, that's gonna help those kids who are coming to school in particular that, without those skills as, as background knowledge. All right, well, thanks for joining us for this session on manners, make some friends and have some social cues. So uh, uh, please send us a, a tweet at pra Access Practical um, and we look forward to your questions.